is being stubborn making or breaking your operation part two working with the family on the farm and ranch crew let's ranch it up Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us on this all-new episode of the Ranch It Up Radio Show. I'm Jeff Tigger Earhart. A big thank you goes out to our partners, Green Acres, Vitelli, Pharmatan and Imogene Ingredients, the American Galvey Association, Tri-State Livestock News, the Farmer and Rancher Exchange and the Fence Post, Abrahamson Rodeo Company, Westway Feed Products, Neogen, Allied Genetic Resources, Livestock, Equine, and AuctionTime.com, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Cow Country News, you know, the cow stuff. In our top news story, we look internationally now across the big water. The other direction, the upper house of Japan's diet has approved a revised agreement with the United States that increases the beef safeguard trigger level under the U.S.-Japan trade agreement. The approval paves the way for Japan's adoption of a new three-trigger mechanism that requires all three triggers to be hit before the safeguard kicks in, reducing the probability that high tariffs will be imposed. That's the key component right there. Exports of U.S. beef to Japan totaled almost $2.4 billion in 2021, with Japan representing the United States' second-largest beef export market. That is according to information from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Well, red meat and allegations against red meat have triumphed one more time. Previous studies that have proposed a link between unprocessed red meat consumption and some types of cancer are based on, quote, Weak evidence of association, that is according to a new review of the data published in the journal Nature Medicine. Now, in the article, health effects associated with consumption of unprocessed red meat, a burden of proof study, a team of researchers and health scientists at the University of Washington conducted a systematic review of implementing a meta-regression to evaluate the relationships between unprocessed red meat consumption and six potential health outcomes. The authors found weak evidence between unprocessed red meat consumption and colorectal cancer, breast cancer, type 2 diabetes, and ischemic heart disease, and no evidence of an association between unprocessed red meat and ischemic stroke or hemorrhagic stroke, and that while there is some evidence that eating unprocessed red meat is associated with risk of disease, incidence, or mortality. It is weak and insufficient to make stronger or more conclusion recommendations. It's always nice when somebody looks at the research and the real knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And let's wrap up the news with more good news now. The USDA formally extended the comment period by about six weeks covering its proposal aimed at improving transparency with the Packers and Stockers Act. USDA introduced the Inclusion, Competition, and Market Integrity under the Packers and Stockers Act. Wow. In June, the proposal drew calls from Congress and industry organizations to expand the comment period, which originally was scheduled to end on January 17th. The proposed revision to the 1921 Act would prohibit certain prejudices against market-vulnerable individuals that tend to exclude or disadvantage covered producers 
in those markets. Now, a number of national livestock organizations have applauded USDA's 45 extension and sent their own letters to the USDA seeking the extension, allowing for more review of the plan beyond the standard 60-day window. Now, that's a wrap of the news on the Ranch It Up radio show. Now, coming up next is Being Stubborn, Making or Breaking the Operation Part 2. We call this one Working with the Family on the Farm and Ranch. These are tough issues, and we start to tackle them. My friends, stick around. We'll be back right after this. We are a Westway Feed family of nearly 300 people working together to deliver over 2 million tons of product to our customers annually. We are Westway. Uh, Together as a team, we're working together to do great things to feed the people of this country. At Westway, yes, it's about our feed, but it starts with passion. Pharmatan, healthier calves and more dollars in your pocket. How? Coccidia control and then excellent with that transition to solid feed and seeing their weights really hold up as they put cattle through their weaning ration. Imogeneingredients.com, home of Pharmatan. Neogen, the partner you need. Some of our best products and improvements come from producers. And if they've got an idea on maybe how we can help, we'd like to hear what they have to say. Contact us directly. Go to neogen.com. We're more than happy to help. Neogen, the partner you now have. Gelby and Balancer, maternal efficiency and moderate mature size are a few of the strengths of Gelby. Longevity, fertility, pounds of caffeine per cow exposed are all part of that picture. Gelby and Balancer, the continental breed of choice. Cattle market reports to various news stories. The Tri-State Livestock News covers it all. Check us out at tsln.com. Subscriptions or advertising, call Tracy Hawk at 406-951-3211. The Tri-State Livestock News, what ranchers read. Welcome back, everyone. Last week, we introduced you to Andy Junkin or Cajun with www.stubborn.farm, where he asks the question, is stubborn making or breaking your operation, moving the operation to the next generation or bringing in family members, sons, daughters, in-laws? This is a tough one. Do you have a plan? Are you working on management of the operation before you transfer the assets? Ah, Now, that is a very good question. What is the 9,000-hour rule? What are our individual character flaws? How to turn your weaknesses into strengths? Cajun, let's tackle more on these. I I think the thing is 77% of farms do not have a succession plan. Yes, my methods work to nearly double a farm's profitability, but the thing is that if you can't, as a family, uh, talk about how to improve farm efficiency by 10% here and there. Until you can sit down and talk about as a farm family and brainstorm ideas and squeeze out 10% improvement in farm profitability by the end of the year, you're not ready to talk about where the farm's going to be in 10 years time. Too often farm families um, are not really good at problem solving together as a family and then succession becomes a huge problem. I I can agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If we can evolve how the family makes decisions together first, then instead of uh, succession planning being a, a conversation that turns uh, should be an afternoon conversation that turns into a 10 year family feud, um, you can have an afternoon conversation and everybody's get going home happy as a result of that. You know, one of the things that yeah. I need to bring up in terms of succession planning is maybe not necessarily where 
if one of the children wants to come back and be involved in the in the production side of it? What if there is no children that want to come back and be involved in the production side of it? But let's say one of the I mean, there's all kinds of situations. Maybe one of those one of those children maybe wants to keep the place. Maybe it's a good hunting ground or whatever the case is. And then the other say the other siblings are. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, and uh, you know, there's only two things that are for sure in life, and that's death and taxes. And that's what's going to happen. So maybe some uh, siblings think, well, at the passing of mom and dad, you know, I, I would just like uh, my share and, and move on. Succession planning, regardless, I guess, can just get a little touchy, can it? Because now you're, you're dealing with, and when we're talking about a farm and ranch, you're dealing with something that is, uh, you know, for almost all of us, it's an emotional tie. It's, uh, it, it's tradition, it's values, it's memories, it's all sorts of things. And then you start adding all of these different components, personalities, and in-laws into the situation. And that's when all of a sudden uh, tempers can flare and emotions get hot, especially when there is no plan. A failing to plan is planning to fail. Um, but 77% of farms do not have a succession plan even though statistics show that 70% of farms do have a successor that's interested in taking over the farm. I know myself that uh, when I went to agriculture college, um, I'm 47 now, and half the kids that I went to school with that were went to agriculture college that were keen to take over the farm are not farming anymore. It was just simply a situation where the farm family can't make decisions together. And, but also at the same time, there, I mean, there's a lot of kids that go to college to be a lawyer and then three, five years down the road, they realize that I don't like being a lawyer. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think that it's really important to have for a farm family, there's been a lot of farm debt situations that I've had to sort out where there's almost a relief by the 40 year old son or daughter, um, that they no longer have the burden of managing the family farm. Um, but the worst thing you have to do is is to move mom and dad's uh, couch out of their house and move mm. it into public uh, subsidized housing because mm. essentially your heart was never in to take over taking over the management of the family farm. And to me, that's what I what I call, why why I come up with something called the nine thousand hour rule is basically for the first three years that a farm kid is home, they work three thousand hours a year, which is about the average of what any entrepreneur in any industry works about 60 hour work week. They work 3000 hours a year and they prove that they want to be there and they try it out. And then you can have an honest conversation that, that mom and dad, I like farming, but I don't love it. And I'd like to try something else. I know about a lot of my friends, their dads couldn't wait to, for the year that they come home from agriculture college. A lot of my friends, their dads poured concrete that year. And I would suggest that uh, before you pour concrete, that you have a three year trial where you guys try working together as a, uh, as a family. First of all, to figure out, can we actually work together? I mean, it's great that we are best friends in, in high, when, when the kids are in high school, right. but can uh, uh, father and daughter work together as, as mature adults? And let's try to work on for three years, evolving that partnership so that it's, it's really not a dysfunctional family, but a, a really functional uh, partnership. And then second of all, let's, let's give uh, the daughter and, and son their space to see, is this something I really am passionate about? And then also during that period of time, let's get really good at uh, grooming our successor uh, so that it can be successful as a, as a partner. Um, let's not just say that you're going to become a partner because you hit the lottery and, and, and being born in the right family. 
let's take your potential and help you realize your fullest potential first before we uh, let's focus on the transition of management and making a manager before we start talking about transition of assets. So in that, that year, that three year period, every month I have something called in the 9,000 hour rule, which, which is basically the 9,000 hour rule consists of 3,000 hours a year over three years. And every month I, I suggested the farm family, sits down and does performance review uh, for the successor and makes one suggestion, family best practice that has made the farm successful for generations. So, I mean, if you're, if hard work has been a key element of what made your farm successful for generations, then if your son or daughter sleeps in till nine o'clock in the morning and, and is half an hour late to, to milk cows, for instance, then after month, uh, after they're supposed to be in the barn, Fix that problem, right? Have a time and place once a month where there's one bad habit and we turn it into a good habit. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. Everybody's got 5% of their habits that are our weaknesses. And the purpose of that monthly meeting is to turn bad habits into good habits, starting with best practices, such as showing up to the barn on time, talking about one character flaw each month. So if you have a bad anger management issue, how can you turn that anger management um, you might look at things as a molehill into a mountain that just by default, how can you eliminate that cognitive distortion? How can you turn that from a weakness into strength so that you don't get riled up and you're able to talk about things rationally, even when you're angry. And then the third, th- third thing I do is each, each month, get mom and dad to teach a new lesson to their son and daughter about a key aspect of management. So there's a lot of farm families where the son and daughter in the forties and they've never done the bookkeeping. And then suddenly mom and dad pass away and it's overwhelming uh, for the son or daughter to pick up this, uh, the pieces. There's some things that take 10,000 hours to do to actually learn um, and, until you're able to do that. Like for, for instance, uh, whether it's bookkeeping and financial management, I, I suggest that for instance, for, for financial management, during the 20s, I think the son and daughter should be doing the bookkeeping. Even if you're a son and you hate bookwork, it's important for you to learn how money flows in and out of the operation. And doing bookwork is not just a matter of plugging in data into a computer. It's understanding how to make one plus one equal five uh, when money's tight or when money's really good, how to invest it wisely so that you're able to cash flow through tough times. And that wisdom, that can't be taught two months before mom and dad's uh, passes away, that has that takes 10 years to learn. And so part of the 9,000 hour rule is identifying eight things that a farm family has got to teach the next generation and making sure that we learn those new things on a quarterly basis and then and then some other uh, minor lessons on a, on a monthly basis so that you're groomed to be able to manage the farm uh, whenever mom and dad are no longer around. And so that when we do succession planning, your parents can can judge a is this a successor that has proven their merit right they're not just getting um, getting an opportunity to become a partner in this farm because of genetics but that they're a partner because somebody that anybody even a non-relative would hire as a manager and then b you've got a, a son and daughter that are have not the attitude of i'm perfect you um but they have an attitude of humility and always seeking to self-improve. And I think that getting that habit of self-improvement, whether it's as, as, as improving your work performance, improving your character, or always be learning something, I think that that is critical to instill 
in the son and daughter when they're in the, uh, their early 20s or just coming home on the farm so that you, uh, your family can be uh, confident that whenever, whenever the farm is in their stewardship, grandma's farm will be passed over to their great-grandchildren. You know what I'm kind of hearing over and over again and just kind of wrapping up all of our conversations here, Cajun, is one, uh, patience. I'm hearing, I'm hearing that over and over and over again. And that's a, that's a key thing that it focuses around some fundamentals of patience. And the other one, write this down. You might have to get a T-shirt made up of this. And this is something that my dad always said to me, which was, first we try, then we trust. So uh, I, I, I can't think of a better way to kind of wrap it other than that. I agree with that 100%. And I think the key thing is we got as farm families, stop being stubborn with each other and get stubborn at turning bad habits into good habits. So both the farm and the family be successful long-term. Cajun, thank you so much for the time. Again, additional information on Cajun's program, his master classes, consulting, how you can get involved. And here's now where I say, yes, I think all of us could afford to get involved. Head to stubborn.farm. Yep. www.stubborn.farm. Make good great. I absolutely love that message. We've got Kirk on hold. That means we're talking numbers when we come back. Hey, howdy. This is 4J Smith. You know me as Lloyd from the hit TV show, Yellowstone, the Ranch It Up radio show. Keep tuned to it. Vitelli is a precision livestock company that has set out to solve what we call the Triple Challenge. And the Triple Challenge is really the combination of the need for more protein, coupled with doing it in a more sustainable production practice, and then lastly, doing it in a way that producers can make money. And that is the ultimate challenge that Vitelli has set out to solve for. We know that genetic progress is a permanent and compounding solution to that Triple Challenge. It's not every day that you find something so natural that works. Green Acres Angus Genetics are just that. Medium frame cattle that perform on a 100% grass-fed and finished diet. Head to green-acres.org. Crew, it's super easy to get a hold of the boss lady and I, and we want to hear any beef that you may have, or maybe just let us know what's happening out there in cow country. 707-RANCH-20 is the hotline. Leave us a voicemail or fire us a text, 707-RANCH-20. Hey, did you know that LivestockMarket.com can also help market your calf crop? And at just a dollar a head, it's one of the most cost-effective ways to sell your calves. Mark Van Zee, tell them how it works. If you've never sold calves on an online auction before and you have questions, we have cattle marketing reps that will help you negotiate all the scary stuff, estimating base weights, slides, weight stops, all that. We'd love to help you out. Give us a call today at 844-775-4762 or look us up online at LivestockMarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us. Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated. Kirk, even though it was kind of a short week last week, of course, with the Thanksgiving Day holiday, let's look at the numbers and wrap up to kind of see what things did. All right, Tigger, as of Friday, November 25th, January feeders closed 178, 67 and a half. That's down $1.55 on the week with the CME feeder index at 173.63, down $1.53 on the week. That leaves the basis at a negative $5.45 versus January. So cash is $5.45 under January futures. December Live closed at 153.10. That's up 17.5 cents on the week. 
with cash trading a very salty 154 to 55 in the south, 157 to 159 in the north, leaving the five area weighted average up $3.40 on the week at 156.08 and the basis at a positive $2.98. Of note, the funds decreased their long positions, 10,475 positions, so listeners take note of that. Choice boxes closed the week at 251.83, down another $3.04, or the fourth week in a row, if you will, of week export sales. To wrap this up, December corn traded $6.67, up a quarter of a penny on the week. Now, you can get Kirk's free newsletter by texting the word cattle, C-A-T-T-L-E, to 33777. And Kirk, I do have a quick question before I turn you loose in regards to your newsletter. It usually comes in Sunday night, Monday morning, but then sometimes we'll get a couple announcements throughout the week. Is that alerts? Is that something significant that happens in the markets? Tell us a little bit about every now and then when we'll get kind of that extra newsletter or announcement, if you will. So I actually put out a market alert, I call them. And it's just if I see something, they're usually real quick blurbs, not very lengthy and very specific to a certain market, i.e. corn or, or live cattle or feeders. And Wednesday, I put one out following the bullish cattle on feed the week before. We had a big gap higher in the market on Monday. And basically, we couldn't find any follow-through strength and big reversals Wednesday and, and to close all the way back at the low end of the range. So I put a market alert out on that action uh, this last Wednesday. So stuff that definitely gets my attention, I'll shoot out a quick market alert on. If there is some specific information that you would like Kirk to comment on or to research or us to talk about a little bit more, fire me that information, fire me that email, ask those questions, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. You can call and text me 24-7 at 707-RANCH20. That's 707-726-2420. Hey all, Mark Van Zee with LivestockMarket.com and AuctionTime.com. Coming up this Wednesday, December 7th, we have our special bull, cow, and replacement online auction. Bidding opens at just $100 a head, no reserves, all lots will sell. 129 heads selling across 19 lots with more cattle still being added. Currently sitting at 11 bulls, Angus, Black Hereford, Brangus, Red Angus, and Simba, plus cows, pears, replacements, and feeder calves. Featured lots include 35 purebred registered Angus cows, three to seven years old, average 1,400 pounds. They're confirmed bred to a registered Angus bull via AI from Twin Pine Angus in Aden, California. 18 Bradford Brangus Super Baldy bred heifers. They average 900 pounds. Confirmed bred to Cavanese registered Hereford bulls. Their fancy docile set of future ranch and mamas from Jake Berman Cattle in Grossbach, Texas. 52 head of fancy Angus Charlay. Red Angus feeder calves, 26 steers, 26 heifers. They're selling on separate lots. 60-plus days weaned in HTC. They've had all their shots. Steers are going to weigh 505, heifers 495 from McGowan Cattle in McCool Junction, Nebraska. Four registered Brangus bulls all have EPDs and pedigrees online. They rank in the top 35% for weaning weight, yearling weight, and terminal index. Superb dispositions. They'll make you money from Beckwards Tea Ranch in Lawton, Oklahoma. Two registered Black Hereford bulls, semen and trick tested. Both will produce white-faced calves that'll hit the ground running, docile and easy to handle from Seven Springs Ranch in Billings, Missouri. I've got a registered Red Angus bull, 
out of M3C71 and M3C75. See the EPDs in the pictures. They're attractive, made, a sleep-all-night type of heifer bull from Steel Cattle Co. in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Plus 452 bales of hay, most of it in semi-truck load lots. Bidding on the hay opens at just a dollar a bale. Bidding opens on all these at just $100 a head on the cattle. Bidding is currently open, and all the lots will sell the morning of December 7th on LivestockMarket.com and AuctionTime.com. Mark Vanzi with LivestockMarket.com. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Each and every week, Mark brings us an update. Maybe it's a specific listing or a sale, horses, cattle, hay, even some clubbies from time to time. So use LivestockMarket.com, or at least that's my advice. Use LivestockMarket.com to gauge, to to help price and market those commodities that we have. Look at the asking prices. Follow similar lots along the buying and selling process. Livestockmarket.com, equinemarket.com, and auctiontime.com. And remember, you can fire any questions at any time our direction at email ranchitupshow at gmail.com. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. And before we turn you all loose, we need to give a big tip of the hat, a howdy-do to a specific outfit and operation out there. This is going to go out to Gil Red Angus in Timber Lake, South Dakota. Their annual fall bull and female sale is coming up rather quick, December 14th, 2022. Put it on your calendar, 1 p.m. Mountain Time at the ranch near Timber Lake, South Dakota. They're going to be selling right around 130 coming two-year-old bulls, around 200 commercial bred females. For more information, just go to gillredangus.com. And now that is going to do it for today, everyone. A big thanks from our crew to yours, Andy the Cajun Junkin. One more time, the Cajun with Stubborn.Farm. Check them out at www.stubborn.farm for more information. Mark Vanzi with LivestockMarket.com. Appreciate it, Mark. Kirk Donsbach with Stonex Financial Incorporated. A big thank you to our partners, Green Acres, Vitelli, Pharmatan, and Imogene Ingredients, the American Galvey Association, the Tri-State Livestock News, the Farmer and Rancher Exchange, and the Fence Post, Abrahamson Rodeo Company, Westway Feed Products, Neogen, Allied Genetic Resources, LivestockMarket.com, EquineMarket.com, AuctionTime.com, RFD-TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Now, crew, so glad you all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to like and follow along all the action on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show and Instagram at Ranch It Up Show. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Call and text me 24-7, y'all, 707-726-2420. Just dial 707-RANCH20. Got it good. Spread the good word and join us again next week. Where it's always Tigger approved. Stay ranchy crew and ranch it up.